Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. McCartney has joined us. Corey is, is, is not only a, a baseball coach himself, but he is our go-to voice when it comes to Major League Baseball. Was he on with you guys last week? He was not. I know Corey, though. Corey, how are you doing? Yeah, well, this is his first appearance. Corey, good morning, man. How you doing, guys? Hey, you know, I'm technically I'm from Ohio, and my wife would say I used to be a player, so I could be an Ohio <laughs> player for you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we start. I like it. No, that's okay. That's all right. We have listen. This is just the beginning of the fun we have for them. We're 162 games, right? <laughs> so this is just number one. I haven't had a chance to ask you though, Corey. How did your kids' team finish last season? Uh, we we finished. <laughs> oh wait, hang on, y'all were y'all were running through the league last, you know, during the times we were talking to you, you guys were playing great. It didn't didn't end that way. Well, we increased our competition level and found out that there was work to be done during the off season. Wow, this guy. That's coach speak. I ain't like it, it though. Ain't it though? That that's it though. I mean, it, did the kids have fun? That's the most important yeah, there you thing. Go. Well, they were swagged out and all that fun stuff. So and they, they 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 looked good. We were waiting for the 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 play good within the look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Ah, they'll get there. They've got good coaches. They'll get there. Yeah. Corey McCartney joining us. Uh, Sam Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. That's the show, but Mr. Crenshaw ain't here today. Jason Longshore is with us. All right, where do you want to go? This is our first first time having you on. Rule changes, what we've seen so far, spring training, the overall outlook of this Braves team. I'll let you lead off where you want to go first. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing on top of everybody's mind is this pitch clock, right? And I, I think the way that we've seen it almost be manipulated, you know, you're you're seeing, you know, teams, you know, it was fans are, you know, counting down, uh, trying to catch pit, uh, hitters off guard. And, you know, we've seen obviously, a lot, you know, the Red Sox-Braves game end in a tie. It's just, I, I think it's going to be a while before we have a full grasp on how this thing's going to be utilized, how players are going to adjust to it. And, I, you know, as much as we thought it was going to speed things up, I think at the end of the day we're going to see, you know, pitchers trying to manipulate things and teams trying to, you know, play this to their advantage. Like, they do everything else in baseball. I think that's ultimately how we're going to get with this. But it, we are definitely in an adjustment period, and good thing they're doing it in the spring instead of 
some of the other rules in past years that have been implemented in the middle of the season. So we saw Max Scherzer with his kind of efforts, I think, to find those lines in, in this new rule and how he could speed things up, how he could slow things down, throw people off. How do you think this rule affects the Braves specifically with such good pitching, uh, good behind the plate as well? How do you think it's going to affect uh, the Braves? I think, you know, we talked to Travis Darnot and Sean Murphy about this uh, back in January at Braves Fest, and it really does put an emphasis on you knowing your pitcher and the pitcher having trust in the catcher and their ability to call a game because you don't want situations where guys are shaking you off and you're trying to get to a different pitch. There's not time for that. So the, 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 a lot's going to go into the game planning and understanding and the pitchers really believing that the catcher has the best pitch in mind. I think that's going to be the biggest thing here, and it's going to put a lot of emphasis you know, on the team's ability to, to, you know, have a plan on how they're going to attack a lineup before the game even starts. Corey McCarty, hey, you doing from the diamond this year? Uh, I am signing off on my coaching responsibilities. Uh, I think we've created uh, constraints, we'll just say. And so I'm, I'm letting Grant fly solo for a while. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, anyway, that's how we used to introduce him last year. We'll just say Corey McCartney this year. Uh, joining us here, talking Major League Baseball. All right, the um, – we got past some of the changes. Uh, overall, though, are you cool with the changes that have been made, or are you one of these people who say, "Yeah, I like everything except the guy leaving the guy on second base for the extra innings"? I don't even mind that. Like, I don't you know, that. I think it'd be, you know, to me, it's, you get into these situations where a bullpen just becomes un, you know, it's the first game in a three, four game series, and you know, you're going. 13, 14 innings, what kind of constraints are you putting on that bullpen for later in that series? So to me, I think if you're trying to speed up the game, regardless of the pitch clock, you know, the, the bigger bases, the, limiting the throw to first base, this is that's the move to me that I think makes the most sense just because I don't see there being that big of a, of a difference in whether a game ends, you know, in the in the 10th inning, the 11th inning, instead of a, you know putting strains on a, a bullpen for later, and I think the thing that you know relief pitchers, you know the, the thing I think down the line we have to be concerned about is you know when you get in those arbitration situations and a guy has all right, well we can say you had X amount of runners scored on you and this came from guy on second base and extra innings. I think that's kind of the sticky point of it, but I think from the overall product and getting through games faster, I think is the thing that makes the most sense. So let's stick with the pitching. I know the fifth starter spot for the Braves has maybe been one of those competition areas going into spring training. Is anything emerging so far in your mind? Uh, the fact that it's coming down to uh, Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder. I think the fact that you know Mike Soroka is dealing with that, or Michael Soroka as he's referring to himself now, uh, is dealing with that hamstring issue that's uh, that sidelined him, I think you know, you're going to see him delayed and, and not really in the mix for come opening day. That doesn't mean that Soroka is not going to be making starts uh, down the line this season. I think he's going to. I think he's going to be you know, hell-bent on coming back and being close to what he was before. But um, to me, it looks like it's Anderson and Elder. And I know Elder looked better yesterday. Anderson hasn't been sharp. But I think the, the potential of what Anderson can do, and you've seen him do it. I mean, you look at the postseason resume for him, and you're putting him in, in line with guys like Christy Matheson, um, it, it's it's special. I think he, and the more he develops that third pitch, I think he ultimately is going to be the guy for them. But that continues to be the most fascinating uh, storyline, without question, in Braves camp. You know, we got a lot of time to break down this Braves team and, and what's going to happen. You know, as we approach the end of spring training. But I got some questions I've been hanging on to because I haven't had a chance to talk to you. And one of them has to do with uh, this year's Hall of Fame induction. You got two guys there. Uh, and when you saw the names, what was it that ran through your mind? Hey, you can say what you will about Scott Rowland. Yes, he was a great player. Uh, Hall of Fame worthy? I don't know, but I guess so if you look at the numbers. I'm cool with that. 
Fred McGriff getting in. We all love Fred McGriff around here, but that's it. And what does just these two guys going in continue to say about the voters uh, and putting these guys into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, in my mind it continues to to hearken that we need a we we need an overhaul, right? I mean, I think there needs to be some change. I, I think you know Grant and I have talked about this many times. The the fact that guys will turn in blank ballots as some sort of statement on where they feel things are, and it's, to me, you're just robbing a guy of you know if you don't think anybody's worthy, or, don't put them on your ballot. But you, the guys that you are don't hesitate. I mean, I think we just keep creating a situation where, you know, we're, we're needlessly having gatekeepers in a, in a process that doesn't need further gatekeepers. It's tough enough to get into this, to play this game really well for a long period of time to even be considered a hall of famer. And I think creating these weird scenarios where I, all right, I don't think the guy's a first ballot, but maybe I put him in a third or the fourth right. and I can only put 10 guys. In. I think it's just too convoluted. I think it needs some kind of overhaul. So sticking with kind of the history theme, there was one more thing on the Braves that I wanted to ask you about. 40-40 kind of seems like a myth at this point, but I know it's come up in conversation this week, and the Braves have guys who are kind of targeting 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. Do you think that is possible in the game today? I think it is, and I think the fact that you're seeing these bases, you know, the fact that the bases are a little bit bigger, and that's one supposed to you know facilitate speed on the base pass a little bit more, and then you're going to have the limit on the throwdowns, uh, you know, throwbacks over to first base. Right. I, I think it's going to create further stolen base opportunities. Um, the thing is, though, when you get into a lineup like the Braves, like Ronald Acuna gets on, um, the guys behind him can all bash. I mean, how, mu- how, how many opportunities are there really going to be uh, for stolen bases? But I think if anybody can do it on this roster, it's him. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. He was in spring training talking about a potential 50-50 season. So I, I do think it's real. I do think he's one of the guys that can pull it off. And, and I think baseball has at least made some changes uh, to these rules that make it seem a little bit more doable than it was maybe a year or two ago. Again, I, 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 it's like a lot of wait and see for me. I'm a baseball fan. This is the sport I played. And I know trying to dissect things in spring training is, is futile. It just, it just is not worth it. But it's what we do. But what I am confident in saying is that you can continue to say that one of the top, if not the top infield, is still with this Braves team. And it seems to be just this really smooth transition from, from Freddie Freeman to Matt. And you wouldn't think that would be the case. You don't want to be the guy following the guy. But yet he, has, he seems seamlessly fit into that position, not only defensively but offensively too. And that was surprising to me. How about you right now? When you look Now that we have the sample size, when you look back at – at, at, at that uh, transition, Corey, are you surprised that it happened as seamlessly as it did? I'm not. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I've, I've been going back through some of my, my book, Tales from the Atlanta Braves Dugout. I'm actually in the process of updating it. It's going to be re-released this fall with some new chapters. So I had to go through. I wrote a whole chapter before on Freddie Freeman. So I had to go through and, you know, talk about the end now and then obviously his ultimate return uh, last June and that emotional uh, response uh, from him and from, from Braves country. But, um, Though I think unless you really were really had an understanding of lots of West Coast baseball, you didn't really know a lot about Matt Olson going into last season. But the numbers were just so similar between the two of them when you looked at the four or five years before he arrived in Atlanta. So I don't think there was that big of a difference. You know, maybe the average was a little bit higher for uh, for Freeman, but the power numbers were comparable. You know, the doubles were comparable. A lot of the you know peripheral stuff was right in line with it. So I wasn't all that surprised. I mean, obviously he brings gold glove uh, defense as well. Uh, That was one of the things that he told me he had to adjust to the most last season was the fact that he didn't have as much foul ground as he had in, in that's, that's the key right there. That's the key. He, 
and that's what he had to adjust to more than anything. I don't, I don't think offensively there was that big of a change. And I think anybody who is, you know, going to benefit from the, the uh, banning of the shift is going to be him. Cause he said, how many times did he hit the ball to, you know, what should have gone through first and second base. And there's a guy camped out right there to get the ball. So I think he's going to benefit big time from these changes this year. I know we've got to take it with a grain of salt because it's spring training and it is still early, but has there been anything that's surprised you so far when it comes to the Braves? Uh, I think, you know, it, as good as Von Grissom's looked, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, there's no really harder position to just throw a guy into if you really want to be uh, clear, fair about it than shortstop and, and asking him to pick up for a guy who's coming off of a career season. But we know the work that he put in with Ron Washington. I, it's going to be a, a test, I think, to see how the bat plays because as good as we saw him start off last season, the league made adjustments. He didn't make those adjustments back. Uh, but he's looked really good so far. So I think that's going to be one of the, the biggest things for this. And certainly, you know, having Ozzy Albies is on the field for the first time today after DHing. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he looks, uh, you know, after that uh, sh- uh, surgery that he had had. Uh, but yeah, just uh, to me, Grissom, uh, I think is going to be the real key for this team. And so far, so good from him in spring. Corey McCartney, he's an Ohio player. That's going to be your, that's gonna be <laughs> your new nickname, dude. <laughs> that's going to be it. I'm going to call you Sugarfoot. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway, listen, this is just the beginning of many visits, and we can't thank you enough for getting up and being a part of the show this morning, Corey. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, buddy. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Right. Thanks, Corey. You know- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.